Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. Times poll finds Obama's approval rating down to 38%. Only 31% among independents. Ouch. Maybe my good friend Sarge is right. Maybe Obama is just about done. 
maybe we can stick a fork in them. Does anyone else agree? Call number 347-884-8500. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Today's date, January 19th, 2012. Beautiful old town, Alexandria, Virginia. United States of America, planet Earth. Third planet from the sun. Independent voters who helped propel Barack Obama to victory in 2008 could be his undoing in his bid for a second term. According to a New York Times CBS News poll published just this past Wednesday, a majority of independent voters have soured on the deity, His Royal Highness President Barack Hussein Obama, disapproving of his handling of the economy. And, well, only 31% of independent voters have a favorable favorable opinion. How is he going to turn it all around? Do we care? I don't think so. No, we don't. But his approval rating speaks volumes. The man is a mess. He is an awful, awful mess. And just this past week, with all this talk about jobs, jobs and more jobs, he decided to go against the will of the people and play pure politics with the pipeline issue. So now what is most likely going to happen with the pipeline is that Canada will sell the oil to China, and then China will turn around and sell the oil back to us. They'll get the oil at a wholesale price from China, and then sell it back to us at a higher price. Kind of like Walmart, you know, or Sam's Club, how they purchase items at a much lower cost because they purchase it in bulk, And then they sell it to us for a slightly higher price, making a profit and thus – and also giving us, uh, you know, inexpensive goods. So instead of – but instead of us getting those things ourselves, we're most likely going to have to go through China in order to get them. Thanks, Mr. Obama. Because according to the Obama administration – hmm. USMC helicopter crash in Afghan, six dead. I, I always hate to hear that. Um, it's it's very unfortunate. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Big Sis, Napolitano on Orwellian-like See Something, Say Something program. Hearing my voice everywhere is a scary thought. No doubt, uh, dude. Listen to this dude tell us about the See Something, Say Something program. Uh, And then we have also involved the public. We involved the public in something called the See Something, Say Something uh, campaign. Uh, You've seen signs for it. If you ride ride the Metro in D.C., you'll actually hear my voice in the morning. That's a scary (laughs) thought. That is one ugly dude. That Janet Lapolitano is one hideous-looking dude. Can you imagine waking up to the sound of that voice, a voice that's deeper than most men's, and that butch haircut to go along with it? My goodness. 
I don't want to speculate on that guy's sexuality, dubious as it is, but and, and really, honestly, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. I'm making a terrible attempt at being humorous, but uh, I tell you what. We've got a lot of craziness going on these days. Democrat congresswoman whose spouse was sent to federal prison on tax evasion charges tells Rich, pay your fair share. When her husband, who's in the pokey, didn't pay his. And my main man, Alan West, once again calling out Harry Reid and the Republican and, and the Democrat Congress, stating that Harry Reid stands for fiscal insanity. One would almost think that these Democrats believe that we have a a money tree where they can spend and spend and spend and spend and it doesn't matter and it's gonna not going to affect the country. I'm not so sure whether or not this country can survive another four years of this mess. It is a mess. And one of the craziest stories that you're going to that you're going to hear in just a moment is this one. PC insanity hits a new low. Utah school district nixes cougar mascot as too offensive to women. Cougar. How many mascots in this country are cougars? And lions and stuff. All right. One Utah school district believes a cougar mascot would be insensitive to women. The Canyon School District overrode the students' top choice of a cougar mascot for the high for their high school that is to be completed in 2013. Would be uh, Corner Canyon High School students chose the cougar as their mascot. A name principal Mary Bailey said carries an ugly connotation that is disrespectful to women. In popular culture, the cougar is a sexually aggressive middle-aged woman who attracts younger men. The school board, which consists of six men and one woman, thought the oh my god, the charger would be more appropriate which was on the ballot but failed to appeal to students as the cougar had. Cougars, the large mountain cat, are popular in Utah. Brigham Young University, considered conservatives, uses the cougar for their mascot. Can you believe that? A cougar, a damn mountain cat that actually, you know, lives in Utah, can't be used as a mascot because it seemed as... Offensive to women? What happens if we see a cougar just kind of prowling around in somebody's backyard? Or if he's just, you know, out doing his cougar thing? Should we be offended because he has the name cougar? Or perhaps, oh, it's just it's just outrageous. It is completely and utterly outrageous. I'm outraged. Are you? Have you ever... Have you ever taken a, you know, gotten a, 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 I'm on MRC TV. And on MRC TV, 
which is a website that has videos, audios, blogs, channels, all that stuff. There's this really hilarious video where there's a long list of stuff that liberals say that make absolutely no sense. And I thought it would be cool to play it for you guys before we get into our main topic tonight, which is now we know who was right about Obama. That's the topic for tonight. But I'd like for you to you know listen to this for a minute and then because I I'd love to share it with you and I hope you hope you enjoy it. Let's take a listen. I support the troops. I just don't support their mission. Ever. Don't question my patriotism. Fox News. More like fake news. The United States should really try to be more like Norway. Let me just charge my car and then we can go. The only reason we're fighting all these wars is to line the pockets of the military-industrial complex. You know who's to blame for the lack of civility in this country? The teabaggers. George W. Fuck! Communism is great in theory. It's just never been implemented properly. Is this fair trade coffee? I love folk music. If you don't think global warming is a serious problem, you should be shot. The rich have plenty of money. They can afford to pay a little bit more. Republicans are all racist. Or a lot more. More like fixed news. No human being is illegal. They're undocumented Americans. Corporations are so evil. Sure, some rich people earn their own money, but who built the roads that they used to get to work? The government? Well, Tim McVeigh was a terrorist and he was a Christian, so racial profiling wouldn't work. It's obvious that the GOP only opposes Obama because he's black. I'm not saying 9-11 was an inside job. I'm just saying that the government isn't telling us everything it knows. If only we'd listened to Paul Krugman, we wouldn't be in this mess. The stimulus should have been even bigger. I'm an agnostic, but if I had to choose a religion, I'd probably pick Buddhism. We need a Department of Peace. I'm really very moderate. I'd vote for Ron Paul. Driving a Prius just makes me feel really, really good about myself. Hi, are there any vegan items that aren't listed on this menu? They're such homophobes. I like some conservatives, like Colin Powell. Sarah Palin is like Hitler in a dress. George W. Oh my God, sorry, sorry. I trust John Stewart more than anyone in the corporate-owned media. The failed policies of the last eight years. We really need to ask ourselves what we did to make the terrorists hate us so much. America is so racist. It's just so sad that people who should be running the country are all college professors already. Everything is racist! Now, I'm really getting sick of this Tim Tebow character. I mean, I don't watch football because it's too violent, but he really seems like a jerk. Everything is racist! All right. Everything is racist. (laughs) No, it's supposed to be um, mocking... Uh, 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 liberals and the things that liberals say. It's like okay, when you when you listen to a liberal and you hear them talking, usually you'll hear them say something along the lines of what you just heard. Uh, MRC TV is uh, you know mostly conservative, and the person who is delivering this uh, uh, human humor is also conservative. Just so you know. He wasn't serious about it. He was mocking 
liberal uh, sayings. All right, so let's set up the topic for tonight. Obama. Obama is or was supposed to be the one. The one who was going to bring us all together. He was going to – well, there weren't going to be any red states, any blue states, any green states. You know, black, white, nothing like that. It was all going to be good. It was all going to – we were all going to get together and we were all going to sing Kumbaya. He was going to be the transformational president, the guy who got along with everybody, who persuaded people by the force of his personality and leadership. And we were going to get things done. That's what he said. So let's take a look at Obama, the one, and then let's talk about it. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Who is the man who calls himself Barack Hussein Obama? Although his political career has been built on the life narrative of two autobiographies he supposedly wrote himself. These autobiographies are in fact partially works of fiction, full of omissions and diversions seemingly intended to conceal Obama's past. And beyond the books, those who have tried to carefully research Barack Obama's past have run into a chain of outright roadblocks. This pattern of concealment, diversions, and omissions has led some people to say that he's the most secretive presidential candidate ever. So let's start with what seem to be the most fundamental questions. What is his name, and where was he born? The answer? It depends on who you ask. Obama claims that he was born in Hawaii, but his grandmother and some siblings say he was born in Kenya, the land of his father. In an attempt to prove he was born in Hawaii, one of his official websites posted a birth certificate, which turned out to be a crude fake. We don't even have any baby pictures to show where he might have been born. In fact, it's not until his elementary school in Indonesia was searched that we found any real proof of anything on paper. And it turns out that there, his real name was Barry Soatoro. In fact, there has been so much concern over where Barack Obama was born that at least four lawsuits have been filed to try to get to the bottom of the matter, and Barack Obama has not helped by producing any valid birth certificate. By the way, according to the United States Constitution, one has to be a natural-born citizen of the United States in order to actually become president. When Barack Obama became a lawyer in the United States, he actually concealed his previously used identities that we've referred to earlier. To our knowledge, why he did this has never been satisfactorily explained. You may have noticed from the documents we showed you earlier that Barack Obama was raised in the religion of Islam. In other words, he was a Muslim. Perhaps because of this, Obama has gone to great lengths to portray the American side of his family, in other words, his mother and his grandparents on his mother's side, as religiously very normal. The truth, however, is quite different. Obama's grandparents appear to have traveled halfway across the country in order to attend a very unusual church. This church was nicknamed the Little Red Church by the neighboring churches because of this particular church's support for Red Communist China at a time of high tensions in the Cold War. This church does not appear to make mention of Jesus anywhere, and they take pride in not having what they call Christian bias. But stranger even than that, this church has listed itself in the Witches of the World directory under a listing of covens. If you don't know what a coven is, look it up. There, they proudly proclaim that their congregation is full of Wiccan and pagan families. Barack Obama's mother may have actually brought him back to this congregation from Hawaii. 
Unbelievably, Barack Obama claims on his own website that he has never been a Muslim, while almost everybody outside the United States seems to know that Barack Obama is a Muslim still. And Barack Obama's own elementary school teacher tells us that Barack Obama took Mangaji classes. Mangaji classes are for only the most devout Muslim students. In these classes, children are required to recite the Quran from cover to cover in the original Arabic language with a perfect accent, hardly a task to be taken on by the casual Muslim. You are absolutely right that John McCain has not uh, talked about my Muslim faith, and you're absolutely right that that is... We heard before that Barack Obama covered up his previous identities on his attorney's application to the state of Illinois. But what else didn't Barack Obama tell us? Well, for starters, his entry into the prestigious position of Harvard Law Review was promoted and funded by a man named Khalid Al-Mansur. This is according to the testimony of renowned attorney Percy Sutton. But who is Khalid Al-Mansur? He's an Islamic supremacist and employee of one of the world's richest men, Prince Al-Walid. Mansour used to be called Donald Warden when he helped out the Black Panthers. In fact, his office in the Bay Area was right next door to the Black Panthers' office. The Black Panthers were a violent black nationalist group active in the late 60s and early 70s, and the Black Panthers had been reformed in order to support Barack Obama's campaign. Barack Obama was a member of an American Socialist Party called the New Party. Upon this discovery, Barack Obama went through what is now the usual series of tactics to try to deny and then to try to distance himself from the facts as they were discovered. As each of the denials and diversions was met with incontrovertible evidence, Barack Obama finally attempted to claim that the new party was not, after all, socialist. But, of course, it is. All right. Yeah, I think you get the idea here. Got a little bit of subterfuge going on, and we're going to talk about it. But hey, you know what I just thought about? I just thought about this scandal about uh, Newt Gingrich's ex-wife coming out, and 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 she's going to let the cat out of the bag. Does this sound familiar? Does anybody remember how Barack Hussein Obama got to be the senator from Illinois? Well. His former uh, his 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 opposition was a Republican by the name of Ryan, who happened to be married at one time to the actress Jerry Ryan, who appears on uh, Body of Evidence and who was seven of nine during one of the Star Trek series. Anyway, he was married to this uh, rather gorgeous woman, and they divorced. And in the divorce petition, she allegedly cited, oh no, she, she cited that he was a little bit freaky, that he wanted to engage in uh, wife swapping and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, the divorce decree, decree and all the information uh, thereunto pertaining was sealed. And Ryan was beating Obama handedly. The state senator from Illinois was no match for Mr. Ryan. Right up until the time, somehow, mysteriously, the divorce records became unsealed. 
And it was revealed that Jerry Ryan accused her husband in the petition of wanting to engage in wife-swapping an open relationship, an open dalliance with other women, that kind of thing. At that point, Ryan was forced to drop out. That left president that left future president Barack Obama a clear shot at being the senator from Illinois. Desperate to try to salvage the situation, Alan Keyes was brought in just a couple of months before the election. Alan Keyes went on to say some of the most bizarre, crazy, lunatic things that I've ever heard from a human being. And thus, Barack Obama stomped him into the ground and won the Senate handily. Now, a lot of us conservatives who are from the great state of Illinois, who are from Chicago, like myself, believe that, strongly believe that had not, had not these divorce proceedings been revealed, Barack Hussein Obama would not have become the senator from Illinois and thus would not be president to this very day. So what we have here – oh, and by the way, Jerry Ryan made no comment on these issues. She stayed far enough away from it. So don't fault Jerry. But some of us who happen to be divorced know that things – Ugly things are said during the courses of uh, divorce depositions. Uh, a lot that are true and some that are untrue. So now we have a situation where Newt Gingrich, well, his ex-wife is going to come out and call him out on some rather embarrassing uh, peccadilloes. So I just thought I'd share that with you in case you didn't know how Exactly, Barack Obama became the senator from Illinois and then used that as a stepping stone to become president. That's exactly how it happened. Now, on to the main topic of tonight's, tonight's discussion. Now we know who was right about Obama. And this is from an article in The American Thinker. And I'll go ahead and put the link up in the chat room. I found this uh, article to be so compelling that I thought it would be a good idea to use it as a, as a main topic for the discussion tonight. Now we know, after three years in office and the launching of his second election campaign, we've experienced President Obama's leadership. We can see whom we elected president. The mystery man of 2008 is revealed. Democrats were in ecstasy over the great healer. The multiracial candidate who would bring together red states and blue states, black and white, coast and flyover country. But Republicans saw the man as the most leftist, least bipartisan, with, with, a, with a voting record that was abysmal, being installed in the White House. We now know who was right. Democrat professionals Pat Cadell and Doug Schoen this past July pleaded with Obama in a Wall Street Journal column titled Our Divisive President not to run for a second term. They describe his leadership as 
toxically divisive to our country. According to Gallup, Obama's approval gap after one year was the most polarized in history, with an average approval of 88% among his own party and 23 among Republicans. Obama's disdain and hostility to opponents has been quite visible. He disses the Supreme Court to their faces, dismisses Congressman Ryan's efforts to work together on the deficit with a you-lost-we-won crack, and told Republicans to shut up and to go back, go to the back of the bus. He rammed through the biggest changes in health care in the history by chicanery and to avoid having to make compromises with Republicans through normal conference processes. He ignored the recommendations of his own bipartisan commission on controlling debt and deficit. His favorite activity next to golf is class warfare. Obama is indeed the great divider, and the country shows it. What else do we know? To the surprise of many, we now know that Obama does not pay attention to the black community. And this is a conversation I had with a friend of mine earlier today. He doesn't visit the he doesn't visit the community. He doesn't talk to black folks. He talks at them, telling them to shut up. Stop whining, stop crying, get out, get in people's faces. He doesn't encourage black folks. He doesn't propose policies that benefit black folks. He hasn't helped this suffering community. And when he does go to speechify, this is what he says. Quote, take off your bedroom slippers. Put on your marching shoes. Stop complaining. Stop grumbling. Stop crying. We are going to press on. We have work to do. He didn't use any G's except for when he said we're going to press on. But I guess when he thought he needed to talk to black folks, he needed to go ahead and speak Ebonics, stop grumbling, stop crying, stop complaining, and dropping a whole bunch of G's there, Mr. Harvard. What work is Obama referring to? Jobs for the black community? No. The work is the re-election work he feels blacks owe him. And... We have people like Tavis Smiley calling him out for it. And Tavis Smiley is getting so much grief because he dares to call Obama out for whom and what he is, a charlatan. Black folks are are tragically loyal to this clown. They'll follow him off a cliff. It doesn't matter. One... Uh, A black radio show host, Tom Joyner, said, forget about the facts. Forget about the statistics. Let's not deal with the facts. Let's put Barack Obama back in office simply because he's black. Let's deal. Let's not deal with the facts. Let's deal with our blackness and our loyalty. I would hope that this kind of talk 
would turn off as many white folks as possible from voting for Barack Obama. Just to show that, if if not just for spite, to show that black folks alone cannot put Barack Obama back in the White House. Look at black teenagers. 40% unemployment rate. Our president's stimulus package was not targeted to create private sector jobs for them or anyone else. 80% of the almost trillion dollars went to teachers unions. Obama's re-election army. The very teachers who are failing those black teenagers so spectacularly. Imagine that. Black folks elected a black president to make history. I have black associates who admit to me openly that they voted for him simply because he was black. They paid no attention to his policies. It didn't matter. It was all about black pride. And the idea that they never thought they'd live to see a black man in office, and when they had an opportunity to put one there, his policies be damned. What he stood for be damned. Mattered not. They wanted to be the ones who would, who could, who, who would let it be said twenty years from now that they helped to make history by putting a black man in office, and that's exactly how it went down. Imagine that. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed by all of this. I'm telling you right now. So we're going to take a short break. We'll come right back. And let's really get into it. Call in if you like. The call in number is 347-884-8500. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Hosts Stay Mad Radio, Tuesday and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. David Graham is a patriot who speaks about communism, cultural Marxism, Alinsky, and Islam. Also, find very interesting guests, including former CIA agents, authors, and friends. Reza, thank you very, very much for uh, for contacting us and uh, agreeing to join us here on uh, Stay Mad Radio. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, as promised, with me on the line is uh, our guest, Charles Faddis. Uh, open your mic right now. Charles, welcome back to Stay Mad Radio. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. No, that's, that's my pleasure. Uh, our, our pleasure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna break right into bringing him right on. Usama, uh, uh, thank you for joining me here on uh, Stay Mad Radio. I really appreciate it. It's my joy to be with you, brother, and I hope and I pray that the Lord will use it tonight. Her name is Janie Johnson. She wrote the book, Don't Take My Lemonade Stand. How are you today, Janie? I'm doing great, David. How are you? I'm fine. I think this is her now. Uh, is this Addie? I Hello. am here. I'm listening. Um, How are you? It's very, very nice to speak with you, finally. Yeah, it surely is. So catch this in... Much more exciting content on Baymad Radio, Tuesday and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Iowa Caucus All Night Special. Six 
hours. Three shows from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. on the night of the Iowa caucus. Join us for the play-by-play of who's up and who's down, who's in and who's out. You can't handle the truth. 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. Socialism is not, not an option. Vote with the candidate that most closely comes to your worldviews, whatever those may be. Oh, you got a great show. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm impressed with your callers and Dave and everyone on that show. It's just a great show. You're very well informed. It's it's, it's run like a tight ship. It's it's very good. I, I'm sorry for those who who you know who support that that lifestyle. Right. But true. Cons- it's impossible. We've said this before. It's impossible to right. be a true conservative. And gay. It's so, just impossible. Heaven help you guys if the Republicans actually win in twenty twelve. Because I'll be gunning for those social so called for those so called folks. Uh, I'm sorry, did I speak clearly enough for this? Friday evening I had the opportunity to appear on Tesla's program. Uh Tesla hosts three different programs. Uh and I appeared on the Friday night roundtable program, which was sort of the less it's, it's the less serious. So you got some but but I was on the Friday night show, which allowed me to riff on top well, I want to I want to thank you so much for having me on. You you have a rocking program, and thank you. Uh, this has been very energetic. And getting the message out is the most important thing. Uh, because I obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very conservative. Uh, I'm not religious orientated. Believe me, people who know me know that if I went into a church, it would probably burst into flames. Probably. Oh, gee, Ski and David, thank you. I love you. Kisses, kisses, kisses. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, man, I don't want to go there. Good night and God bless. Socialism is not an option. WWWDB. 24-7. comment to make about the prophecy that was made in Atlas Shrug? Only that I'm sorry it's coming through so exactly. If Rand was here today, she would point to almost anything that's going on in government right now and say, I told you so. A devastated economy is caused by government intervention leading to more and more and more government intervention, which makes it worse and worse and worse. What if all the brilliant creative people, the brilliant engineers, the brilliant inventors decided to stop showing up for work? This is her magnum opus, right? This is everything. This is objectivism. This is her ideal man, finally realized in John Galt. She's got it all tied up, and she thinks this book is going to change the world. Because it is so radical, because it basically challenges 2,000 years of philosophy, that really can set some people off. Everybody practically came out against it. The left, the right, the middle, they were all against it. It was attacked in the most vicious terms everywhere, and nobody came forth. Nobody. I said, all due respect to you, Arne. John Gold says goodbye to America, 60 pages in your book. I will never give you script approval because I can't get the movie made. If I have to wait till you drop dead, I will have to do it the right way. All right, we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Listen, uh, 
if you haven't had an opportunity to check out the new uh, Ayn Rand, the the uh, the documentary uh, Prophecy, uh, Ayn Rand and the Prophecy of Atlas Shrugged, it's playing in theaters across the country. And uh, there's a list of theaters on the uh, on the Ayn Rand website, and uh, it's a really great documentary. I got to see a matinee of it, uh, you know, recently, and um, you know, a private screening, and I thought it was really cool. I, I really dug it, and it speaks to a lot of what's going on today here in the United States of America with government uh, regulation and 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 all that we see going on. And I think for a book that was written in 1957 playing out today in such vivid in such a vivid way I think is uh it's kinda creepy. It's kinda weird. But uh you know it's kinda like Bible prophecy playing out. Only it's political prophecy. Capitalist prophecy. Interesting. What happens when those of us who create the wealth in this country simply stop? What happens? All right, so back to the topic at hand. You know, in the words of the Congressional Black Caucus leader, Maxine Waters, I quote, We're supportive of the president, but we're getting tired. We're getting tired. The unemployment is unconsolable. We don't know what... The strategy is, we don't know why on this trip that he's in the United States now, that he's not in any black communities. Actions speak louder than words. The black community is right to feel abandoned. Imagine, if you will, a black community hungering for some representation. Figuring in 2008, when they go into the ballot booth, that they would get someone who was on their side. Someone of color, just like them. Someone who drops their G's, like they do. Someone who feels their pain. Someone who will give them jobs. Perhaps a a nice house. So that they won't have to pay their mortgages or their car notes or put gas in their cars. Give them Obama money. Only to find out that Obama pays absolutely no attention to the black community. None, mind you. Except to tell them to take off their bedroom slippers, put on their marching shoes, stop complaining, stop whining, stop grumbling, stop crying. Meanwhile, black poverty is at an all-time high, not seen since the Great Depression. What else do we know about our president? We now know that the elites were half right. Obama is an intellectual. He surrounds himself with Ivy League economic advisors and follows their formulaic prescriptions. He believes them despite the evidence of his own eyes. He was told that there exists a multiplier effect by which one dollar in government spending 
on anything, government salaries, a bankrupt solar power company, aid to the states for Medicare or food stamps, automatically creates $2 worth of jobs. Instead of creating jobs, the Democrat stimulus policy set our recession in stone, made unemployment skyrocket, and has pushed federal government spending to a crippling quarter of our GDP, gross domestic product. Obama, the intellectual, is still a believer, still wants to spend more. He believes in the Ivy League elite's brilliance, not plain old, good old-fashioned horse sense, not common sense. Our intelligence, well, has been, uh, shall we say, dismissed. And on intelligence, sadly, the Democrats were completely wrong. Democrats swooned over Obama's suave self-presentation. They consistently cited his position as editor at the Harvard Law Review. How impressive. As an impressive qualification to be President of the United States? Strange but true. Republicans who did their homework knew that Obama was not the first black, but only the first affirmative action Harvard Law Review editor. He did make history at the Law Review. He was the only editor, never, never, to write an article for the Review. Imagine. Indeed, Obama has never written a law article on anything, despite being given a job as a lecturer on constitutional law at the University of Chicago. He's still unpublished. Why? Because he's pretty much lazy, like he said. Or perhaps he doesn't possess what it takes to cr- enough intellect to create an actual original thought. But journalists proclaimed him the most intelligent man to ever hold the White House. What does this great brain do with his free time? According to the New York Times, his favorite activities are playing taboo, Wii video games and basketball. Typical Negro activity almost sounds racist. It seems that the if they threw Xbox in there or PlayStation 3... Fight night round four. Huh. It would have sound racist. But hey, that's how our great genius in chief rolls. Taboo, whatever the hell that is. Wii video games and basketball. That's how, that's how he rolls. It seems that Republicans were right. Those who wondered about a mediocre high school student who smoked dope and drifted through his early college years at Occidental and was an unspectacular student at Columbia. As Donald Trump asked, I heard he was a terrible student. Terrible. How does a bad student go to Columbia and then to Harvard? How does that happen? Percy Sutton, former borough president of Manhattan, in a TV interview gives one possible answer. Islamic supremacist Dr. Khalid al-Masari, an advisor to wealthy Saudi, paid for Barack Obama to go to Harvard Law School. We now see the lazy student, the charmer in the White House, 
busy at what he likes best. Golf, basketball, vacations, parties, speeches, and raising money. He's not been the policy walk Democrats dreamed of. President Clinton redo? No. Obama doesn't do hard work. He farmed out his health care reform to Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid, showing no interest or capability in formulating the details of the policy or even working the politics to get it through Congress. He famously didn't lift the phone to call Capitol Hill and get the signature, to get his signature policy passed. Obama's only contribution was nonstop speeches with the aid of a teleprompter, which failed to win over the country at all in any way. He doesn't seem interested or capable of formulating an intelligent economic policy or foreign policy. He doesn't care enough to even try. He's happy just being president. I'm the president. I won. You lost. He thinks it's cool to be president. It's cool to have all this attention and Secret Service protection and all that that goes with it. But actually, the actual work involved? I don't think so. He doesn't even try. Now, progressives saw Obama as a worthy Nobel Prize winner, worthy of the Peace Prize. How many people didn't think so? How do you how do you go through life so charmed that people believe that you're brilliant when you haven't shown any pro- propensity for brilliance when you win a Nobel Peace Prize and you haven't done anything to earn it? I know how it's done though. And I'm going to tell you how it's done. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We've got black folks in this country who speak Ebonics, and most of the time you need captions to read what it is you're saying. You've seen it on the news, a lot of you have, where you've got a black person who witnessed a crime, and they're telling what they saw on the news, and underneath what they're saying is the actual words being printed on the screen because you can't understand a damn word they're saying. I'm just telling it like it is. So this is the perception with whites and other ethnic groups that black people are basically kind of dumb. So when one of us steps up and we're able to actually speak English, the Queen's English, or talk white, as some black folks say. No, a lot of black folks say. If you speak like me and you're black, you're not speaking like a black person. You're talking white. So here I am, able to speak the Queen's English, and for a lot of folks, a lot of white folks, they believe that I'm intelligent over and above my peers because I speak the language intelligently. And for a lot of people, that qualifies me. That alone qualifies me to be intelligent. So you've got Barack Hussein Obama, who speaks the Queen English, the, the Queen's English well when he wants to, and so automatically that makes him an intelligent person, a smart guy. Wow, he's brilliant. Somehow black folks are being lifted up above who 
we really may be simply because we speak well. And it's true. People are judged by the words they use and how well they speak. Our intelligence is judged that way. Oftentimes, a southerner who speaks with a heavy southern accent, uh, when removed from that area and moved into, say, a place like New York or Los Angeles, they're taken for rubes and dumbasses because of the way they speak. You know it's true. I watch episodes of The Closer all the time. Don't you? And (laughs) Deputy Chief, who is from Georgia in the series, speaks the way she does, and she's taken for some sort of an idiot simply because of the way she speaks. But back to Burson and Obama. Time is running out. Progressive saw Obama as a worthy Nobel Peace Prize recipient. Before even taking office, Republicans warned that that Obama was a psychologically troubled man who defied his anti-colonial father, resented American power abroad, and had a troubled history of pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel relationships. Think of Reverend Wright and Rashid Khalida. And that he'd never outgrown the adolescent adulation of Castro and Che Guinevere. Or Che Guevara. Tragically, once again, the Republicans were right. We now can see that Obama doesn't understand what it takes to support stability in the Middle East. He and Hillary Clinton have overturned the hard work of decades that created a neutral Egypt. Key to the 40-year hiatus since the last Arab-Israeli war. Folks, Barack Hussein Obama is a walking catastrophe. He is a walking, breathing tragedy for this great country. He may be a decent guy. A lot of people like him. Although I can't see why, because I see right through him. He may have the best intentions, but for this great nation, he is a walking tragedy. He does not have what it takes to be president of the United States. We see that now. We didn't know who he was and what we got in 2008 because he was a mystery man, but he's a mystery no longer. You've been listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Tomorrow night, we're going to talk about other people's money. This whole Bain Capital deal. Other people's money. And how our country, those who make things, those who do, are being used as scapegoats. Other people's money. I remember America, don't you? Well, hey, I don't know. Stay tuned for 2020 Radio coming up at 9 p.m. G-Ski Rocks, David Graham, those guys are great. And they're coming up right after me. So feel free to move on over there. I want to thank everybody who listened tonight, everybody listening, everybody who will listen Hope you have a great night. God bless you. 
God bless the United States of America. I'm out. When you walk to the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus, it's gonna save your soul. You gotta keep the devil way down in the hole. He's got the fire and the fury at his command. Well, you don't have to worry. Thank you.